You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. End of season outlooks for those teams eliminated in the wild card playoff round is still to come for us here are the Patriots, the Cowboys, and Eagles. We dove into the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Cardinals on yesterday's program at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL is where you can find us on Twitter. We'll get into some Twitter questions today as well. But Matt, before we dive into those teams, one of the teams we talked a lot about yesterday, looking for a new GM, looking for a new head coach, are the Las Vegas Raiders. And the new betonline.ag odds are out for the next Raiders head coach. And there is one name that just shines, beams brightly on this list. And it is the second best odds to become the next Raiders head coach. And that is the current Steelers head coach, Mike Tomlin, right between Jim Harbaugh and current interim coach, Rich Bisaccia. Why would Mike Tomlin's name be on this list, Matt? Strange to me. I mean, I just heard this, so I'm kind of, you know, uh, reacting very organically. I mean, I haven't given it much thought. I haven't talked to anybody. My immediate thoughts are, it wasn't long ago that people were linking him to the LSU and USC jobs. He squashed that pretty quickly. Um, I do think that this is something I've been wanting to bring up now for a couple of weeks. A lot of the, uh, there's a tier of coaches that I, I've mentioned a million times. Carroll, Peyton, Harbaugh, Tomlin. You know, that, guy, that group that are probably going to the Hall of Fame that have won an awful lot of games in this league. But history shows a lot of coaches right around the 10-year mark of being with the team move on. Vince Lombardi, Madden, Walsh, on and on and on. I mean, there's a lot of instances where it's not that they wear out their welcome. It's just a long time to do that job. Maybe look for greener pastures or the organization wants a small shakeup or whatever. Could that be, you know, in the cards for him to make one more big career move? And he's still a young guy. I don't see it. I mean, everything that the the Rooney or- family and the organization has said, and Tomlin has embraced this, to at least to the media, we know coaches lie to the media, is this is the guy who want us to lead us into the next era. You know, I mean, it sounds like Kevin Colbert's going to step down. Ben's going to step down. So maybe it would be a time just to clean break that everybody starts over. I definitely don't think he'd be getting forced out. But the fact that he's second is a little mind-boggling to me. I didn't know that Kevin Colbert was going to exit as GM in Pittsburgh. It's not official. He okay. hasn't come out and said it, but pretty much everyone expects him to right after the draft, that he'll finish it up with the draft and as scouts contracts go and then be on his way. He's been working on one-year deals, you know, handshake agreements with the Roonies. He's considered this for a while. Um, it's been phenomenal. That's really interesting. And... Uh, new GMs tend to mean new coaches, so maybe there is something to this. I don't know. I, I mean, I would assume a GM coming in would be like, "Oh, good, I already have Mike Tomlin. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna change that. I'm not gonna shake that up." But if Mike Tomlin wants to go, maybe that would be uh, the catalyst here. And with you know losing your longtime quarterback and losing your GM, and uh, maybe it is time. That's that's really interesting. It's something maybe, to monitor, yeah. and, and it's something I would have never considered. You know, twenty minutes ago before seeing that tweet. And. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself and I'm getting, you know, down the down the line here, but there's a young man in the organization named Brandon Hunt 
who most expect to take over Kevin's role. I mean, that's a very Steeler thing to do. You know, it's kind of like the Ravens going from Aussie to DeCostra. You know, I mean, DeCostra. You know, know, that's just, let's keep this good thing going. He was, uh, learned his trade here. We'll go from there. And obviously he wouldn't have any issues with Tomlin and Tomlin would be above him on the pecking order anyway. But I don't know if two of the three, GM, head coach, and quarterback are going to get changed. Is it time? Does he look at it and say, maybe I want to change too? And maybe, maybe it's the Steelers just... trade him to the Raiders for Carr. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> How about that? That would be wild. We haven't seen a, a really good head coach trade in a while in the NFL. Yeah. And the, the one rumor I've been hearing, and you hear it every year, is Sean Payton only has one year left with the Saints. He's always linked to the Cowboys and the Joneses and came up through Parcells. You're going you're to hear that rumor more and more, too. Yeah, and Sean, if it wasn't for Tomlin's name, and as high as Tomlin's name is on this list was what really got me. You know, if he was, you know, 50 to 1 odds, I wouldn't really even sure. think about it. But uh, Sean Payton's on this list as well, 10 to 1. He's the fifth, actually, after Doug Peterson. Um, and then you have, and, and part of this is just throwing darts, you know, just big names, trying to get people probably to bet on some odds that are never going to happen. You've got David Shaw, and he's always come up in, in NFL head coaching, job search stuff, and he never leaves Stanford never ends up in the NFL, so I don't know to expect that. So I think they're just throwing names out there. Dabo Sweeney's on the list, and and I think that's partially what some of this is. But to have Tomlin that high on the list, second after Jim Harbaugh, and even before Rich Passaccia, who has a lot of fans in his corner already in Las Vegas, that one really stuck out to me. Yeah, without question. My last two nuggets are... Listeners, I wouldn't run out and put a buck on it. I don't think you're mm-hmm. going to pay off huge on this one. And, but I do think the Raiders are fishing for a whale. I mean, I don't think it's going to be some coordinator no one's really ever heard of. I mean, it's going to be a name guy. And they'll they'll spend the money to get him. You know, give him a 10-year Gruden-type contract. Maybe Tomlin goes, oh, that's not so bad. Is there um, the same rules with tampering with with, uh, coaches as there is with players? Or can you just call coaches anytime you want if you're an owner and be like, hey, you want to jump ship and come over here and coach for us? I don't know. And I always thought trading coaches was weird. Yeah, it, it is happened very much weird. in history, but it did happen with Gruden at one point. He got traded. Um, I don't know how that works, but I mean, every head coach has an agent. You know, I mean, you could always call Tomlin's agent. <laughs> There's nothing illegal about that. Right. And, and I wonder if, say, maybe the Raiders talk with Jim Harbaugh wasn't going great. And they looked around and they said, well, who's the best coach we could possibly get? And maybe they said, well, let's call that agent. And maybe that agent spoke to somebody. And maybe that's where some of this is starting to come from. And so, yeah. uh, but I think you're right. The Raiders, I think, are fishing for a whale. I think they're going to get a big name guy one way or another. Let's move on to some of the other recently eliminated teams and start with uh, our our good buddy, Josh, who was uh, named the Jerry Rice of question askers in the <laughs> Peacock and Williamson Fantasy Football League this year. And he has a good one here about the Patriots. So let's start there in New England, who lost to the Buffalo Bills um, and really just got blown out by the Bills in Buffalo 47-17 last weekend. What is the outlook for those New England Patriots? They found their young quarterback. So can Bill Belichick just keep going for forever? Uh, Bill did say he's coming back. Uh, Pete Carroll said he's coming back. There were some thoughts about uh, the Seahawks maybe doing some things. They did fire their defensive coordinator in Ken Norton, uh, but no big shakeups really in uh, in Seattle or New England with some of the older coaches in the league. And, you know, every year when you're that age of a coach, especially when you lose like the Seahawks, it's like, okay, is, is this the year? Are they going to step down? Are they going to make some changes? Nope. Bill's staying. 
Uh, Pete Stan, but sticking with Bill's team here with the New England Patriots, Josh asks, Patriots went on an offensive weapon spending spree last offseason, signing Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, Johnny Smith, and Nelson Aguilar. Would you say any of those signings were successful? And it's a good question because when I look at that yeah, team, I think the thing they need still is a high-end pass catcher, and they just spent a ton of money on four pass catchers last offseason. It's still maybe their biggest need is that number one receiver for Mac Jones going forward in New England. And this is why Josh is the Jerry Rice of question asker, because yes. this is exactly what I was going to say when recapping you know, where the Patriots are right now as a franchise. There's about a, only about a dozen teams that have a smaller amount of cap space to spend, which shouldn't shock anyone after the spree they went on last year. And that included, you know, Judon and some other pieces. They weren't all receiver types and tight ends. But to, to the question, I think they're going to regret some of that spending. And I was very critical of it when it happened, too. I mean, it was very reactionary as soon as free agency opened. The Patriots signed five guys. Whoa, you know, I mean, is Kendrick Bourne and Aguilar, are they difference makers? And I think the answer is no. And I still think, and it seems like it's been like this since Randy Moss almost, is the number one need is a true route runner. You know, a guy that beats man coverage, you know, a Keenan Allen. I mean, a, a guy that is consistently going to get first downs for you. And to piggyback off that, the other need for this team to me is just overall team speed. You know, the defense looked heavy and slow against the Bills. Um, if this receiver I'm describing, Keenan Allen's on a good example, also can get deep downfield like a Justin Jefferson. You know what I mean? Of course, everyone would love to have him, but Jamar Chase, you know what I mean? But they need more big playability, more reliability, a true number one. And I think the money they spent was pretty foolish, to be honest. And I've often said this about Belichick, who I think is the greatest coach ever, but I don't think he's the greatest GM ever. I would agree. Yeah, and it's tough to be amazing at both of those. And they had an awesome run in the front office and drafting and uh, and Belichick as GM, but they ran into some problems for a while. The roster really fell apart quickly. And I think what they did is overspent for the middle of the roster. And right. you, can't, you, you can't spend that much on on depth and, and and non-impact players in the NFL and what's funny is it really goes counter to what they've always done which is let those exact type of players walk and sign for too much elsewhere so that's what was so surprising about right. the offseason last year for the Patriots yeah they were they're always big on I'd rather move on from player a year early than a year late you know trading guys like Richard Seymour for a first round pick or Chandler Jones or whomever, you know, I mean, they've moved some big name guys because they don't want to be the team overspending for someone's a little past their prime. And when they signed Henry and Janu, we didn't know they would have Mac Jones at the time because that happened before the draft. Yes. But you would think that trio would really work well with one another. And the Gronk Hernandez thing's a little crazy because Gronk's the best tight end ever. And Aaron Hernandez is frankly better than either Smith or uh, Henry as yep. well, mm -hmm. but you would expect to have more of a tight end centric offense when you're going to make those two, two of the top five paid tight ends in the world. 
I think that was the most disappointing part. I, yeah, I think they yeah. probably expected more from both of those tight ends, and they didn't spend that much on the receivers, but they shouldn't have expected that they were getting a number one from either one of those guys. They just needed players that could catch the ball, and, and they wanted to fix it in one fell swoop. And uh, I think looking back, they were – I think the best signing was probably Bourne because he was the cheapest of the four and he was just as productive as all of them. Right, right. I mean, yeah. you could have got a lot of guys like that at that tier that did the same thing for you. Like, I mentioned Judon. That was a really good signing, but we're talking about the offensive weapons. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I mean, I'm not picking on Belichick. I mean, his resume is unbelievable. But one of the things I might trust him to do least is – Find a receiver. I mean, he drafted the Keel Harry <laughs> over guys that were much better than over AJ Brown, you know, and over Debo Samuel, you know, like they've had sh- bites at the apple, but they miss. Yes, absolutely. And actually, that's a great segue to uh, to an idea I have for the Patriots to fix oh. that position. Let's get to that next. And then we'll get into the NFC East teams that were eliminated last week, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles coming up. How's everyone's New Year's resolutions going? Well, if you put Built Bar in your plan, it's probably going a lot better if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to those resolutions because it tastes good and you'll want to eat it. You don't get the chalky, waxy, flavor of some protein bars out there and and when you want to eat healthy sometimes it gets so boring and by week three of the new year you might be thinking you know what it's not worth it where's the chocolate well guess what built bars are wrapped in 100 percent real chocolate most built bars contain only 130 calories compare that to 250 calories in most candy bars. There's 30 grams of sugar in a candy bar. How about only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs in most built Bars with 17 grams of protein to keep you satisfied and keep you going. So go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order of tons of amazing flavors or a mixed box if you're not sure what flavor you want. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. That has been a blind spot, Matt. Wide receiver for Bill Belichick as far as is drafting, and they did draft and develop some guys back in the day, but it's been a long time now. But he has been pretty good at going out and finding who's already good in the NFL from other teams and making trades and finding players that way. So I wonder if the trade market is where Bill Belichick needs to go to find the next number one wide receiver in New England. And I'm looking around the league at some teams that have some depth at wide receiver and maybe uh, are, have a player that um, because of contract or because of um, you know roster crunch might might have some availability and and could actually be a true number one. And I look at Amari Cooper. What about mm. an Amari Cooper I, I trade name too. from the, the Dallas Cowboys one. to the Patriots? I okay. think that would be a really interesting one. But I think trade for a, a number one is maybe the, the, the thing that the Patriots need to do, go into the draft, add speed, add another cornerback because they're such a, a man-centric team, you know, another pass rusher, and continue to build the defense organically. But I think the trade market is where Bill might need to go for that number one wide receiver. Cooper seems like he could be had, you know, I mean, then they could use that money on Gallup. I know he's injured or even Wilson and some of these other guys and the tight ends have all stepped up. I think the Cowboys could live without Amari Cooper and maybe throw a second round pick in there as well. If you're Dallas, and yeah, sort pick of, up a nice, you know, and we're, we're going to get to the Cowboys next anyway, but really turn yeah. the page there and say, okay, CD lamb, you're a number one guy. We're going to force feed you right. every pass we can. Right. And, 
Uh, anytime you mention a Bama guy to New England, you know, a red flag, a flag goes, like the light bulb lights up in my head and says, well, if Saban liked him, I'm sure Bill will like him. You know, I mean, that was a while ago, but still it's a Bama connection. He's way better than anyone they've had, a little bit inconsistent. But, boy, I mean, that would be an, a Mac Jones-friendly addition. I, I like that a lot. I stole this from somebody. I read it yesterday. But the one little blurb I saw was, how about Calvin Ridley to the <laughs> I was gonna say. I was going to say, what about a different Bama guy? Yeah, right. A Bama guy that Atlanta needs everything. You know, if they could get a substantial draft capital or help them get a quarterback. You know, I know he's having mental issues, and I have a hard time commenting on that. But would getting going to a different team help that situation? Um, I, I've just heard that name as somebody that could move. And you would think, okay, he's a guy that yeah, um, that that stopped playing for his team this year, and I don't know exactly yeah. the extent of what's going on with Calvin Ridley. Um, but Bill Belichick, especially at that position, hasn't had that much of a problem with with bringing in guys that that maybe other teams got. Um, Chad Johnson, Antonio yeah. Brown, Randy Moss, Randy Moss, right? Malcontent, yeah, right, right. So I don't think that, I don't think that'll be a problem, you know, as long as they they have conversations and and Calvin Ridley's in a better place and ready to play football. I, that, mm-hmm. That's a really good name too, and I think maybe even more likely to be on the trade market than Amari Cooper. Even, I mean, in terms of what they bring to the table, which isn't a knock on Cooper, Ridley's exactly what the doctor ordered. Anything else for those Patriots? Uh, anything big on the docket? Uh, draft and develop some more defensive talent. Number one wide receiver. I think that's very clearly what they need to do. Yeah, yeah. Speed. team speed. How about the Dallas Cowboys? This Whether they trade one. Amari Cooper or not, um, I think coaching staff they've got to figure out. They Mike McCarthy's coming back. I, I know there's uh, Mike McCarthy has, doesn't have a lot of fans for some reason, especially analytically driven um, folks that follow the league. Everyone seems to hate Mike McCarthy. I don't know what the heck they did last week. Just a, a poorly coached team. Um, uh, th- that 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 was a, a bad loss at home for the Cowboys as a three seed to be ousted in the first round of the playoffs. How it ended with running a quarterback sneak with 14 seconds into the middle of the field, and not being able to get another playoff, and, and never even having an opportunity to throw a ball into the end zone that could potentially win the game for you. They might lose their defensive coordinator Dan Quinn to a head coach job somewhere. So there's a lot to figure out there organizationally uh, and coaching staff-wise, but there's so much talent on the team, I, I can't really point to them and say, oh, they're really lacking here. Maybe, maybe at linebacker, I think run defense, um, especially with Parsons. You know, uh, To me, it's clear that Parsons needs to be an edge guy because he's too valuable doing that, and, and you can draw him back and do some other things as well, and he can be uh, a versatile piece for you, but... I think, you know, the league is going to, to a direction where you need some more athletic coverage type linebackers, former safety type linebackers on that team. And, um, uh, you know, maybe the, the secondary could use an infusion of talent as well. Um, you know, they've they've been so strong on the offensive line for so long and that's starting to get uh, fall apart a little bit, a lot of mm-hmm. injuries and stuff. So maybe some more resources put there, but they've got a really good roster and too good of a roster to be losing in the first round of the playoffs. They might have the best roster, I mean, to be honest with you. I mean, is there a better roster in the league on paper? Uh, it's right in the top three. I mean, it, it's really, really strong, which, again, doesn't reflect great on McCarthy. So let's start there. I mean, you mentioned it sounds like Quinn will probably be the Broncos head coach. I mean, and Kellen Moore's getting attention. So does Jerry look at this thing and be like, I could lose both coordinators or 
maybe I could get rid of Mike and bump up more, you know, so he doesn't leave or maybe I'll throw a ton of money at my two coordinators and beg them to stay. You know, I mean, that, that's not such a bad gig either. But I think a lot of the criticism for McCarthy is valid because he doesn't have a special teams influence. Quinn runs the defense. Moore runs the offense. And he's not really managing the game or CEOing all that great. So why do we need you again? You know, like, <laughs> you know, it, it always rubbed me wrong, too, that that year or two he spent off, he was, well, I went back and I changed how I look at the world. And now I'm very analytically based. And then they hired him and he said, ah, I was kind of lying about that. <laughs> I didn't really. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it went, you know, and he doesn't do anything analytically related. And then back to the team and the roster. I'm sitting there looking at salary cap space. As it stands right now, the Packers and Saints are the only ones with less, and the, the Cowboys are negative $13 million right now. So maybe their needs are the guys that they're going to have to cut and move on from, and they're going to probably create some needs for themselves. Um, the other one that I would certainly look to address, and he's been a great, great player, but it's probably time to find Tyron Smith's replacement. It is a little bit worrisome because of how talented their offensive line is, and they can never really have everybody playing well together and healthy at the same time. And, and Tyron Smith yeah. uh, definitely wasn't playing at the level I'm used to seeing him play this year with all the injuries. So you got to start developing those guys. But I, I think yeah. really it's draft and develop, continue adding young talent there, and you have to hope that— Cheap pieces, apparently. Right, and you, you've got to hope that you've got your quarterback. And, and maybe if you swing a deal and say, okay, we've got too many pass catchers, let's... I think the Gallup thing really hurts their ability to move on from Amari Cooper because yeah, yeah. Gallup, you know, Gallup's probably someone they would have wanted to resign and he would have been cheaper than Cooper. But now you don't know if he's even going to play. At least to start next year, he's probably not... Maybe, maybe not play at all next year. I just said this might be the best roster in the league. It looks like it might have peaked this year, though. I mean, the chances of them having a better right. roster next year than this year are probably pretty slim. I totally agree. They're no matter what they do roster wise, how good they play next year is how good Mike McCarthy coaches that team, and and, and maybe mm -hmm. they'll find out. Ah, gosh, we we held on to him a year too long, and maybe we should have gone a different direction with head coach. But but we'll find out because I. I just expect more of the same from the Cowboys next year. That's just the way it yep. feels like it's going to go. Last note on them, and I want to give them some credit too. And this is really geared towards the Jones family or whoever behind the scenes is doing a lot of this work, but they draft and develop unbelievably well. You would think it's such a big team that all their, you know, they just go spend money like they're the Yankees, you know, not, although almost all their studs are homegrown talent. They do a really good job in the draft. Absolutely, yeah, and and they get a lot of grief, and, and I understand, and uh, I know fans love to hate the Cowboys, but um, there are some things they're doing right, and there's a reason that they're such a successful franchise, and they've done a great job drafting and developing talent. So, props to the Jones family for that. Yeah, absolutely, they do a good job in that develop in that part, in part of it. All right, let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles and some listener questions next. The latest Super Bowl odds are out at betonline.ag after wildcard weekend of those teams that advanced to the divisional round, the Green Bay Packers plus 350 lead the most likely teams to win Super Bowl 56, followed by the Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, Tampa Bay, Buccaneers, Rams, Titans, Bengals, and plus 1,400, the biggest underdog of them all is the San Francisco 49ers. Who is your pick to win Super Bowl 56? 
you might win a little cash on that wager at betonline.ag. New updated desktop and mobile websites at BetOnline and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. Not only football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. The Eagles are somewhat opposite of the Dallas Cowboys, where their roster was not as good, but they were able to overachieve, where the Cowboys, you know, being one and done in the playoffs was an underachievement with with what they did over the course of the regular season. But it starts with quarterback, I think, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And for a lot of teams, that's where the conversation has to start. Do did, did Jalen Hurts play well enough to where you're not even looking for a quarterback or is it as simple as look if we can find a quarterback that is a clear upgrade let's go do it but that's hard to do so most likely we're going to just stick with Jalen Hurts and is is that the wrong or right move either way I'm really torn on this one too and let's start with this they got about 12 million in cap space there's about 10 teams or so underneath them that are worse you know so that's not terrible Um, but they also have three first round picks all in the top 19 which is pretty awesome so they have the be- the most draft capital in the league by far this year and they and they may even have an extra day two pick somewhere along the line so they're in really good shape there the beginning of the season i said this on this podcast often i don't think jalen hurts is starting quarterback well you know you're subject to change i thought he got better and i pretty much went into the playoff game thinking my approach here would probably be surround Hertz with more talent, you know, one more receiver, kind of like the the, the uh, Patriot conversation. You know, somebody opposite Devontae Smith, Regger's a bust, and and, and um, you know, and really see what you got in this guy for one more year, one strong audition with more around him. And there's massive recency bias here, and I want to you know state that he left the playoff game in a walking boot and came in with an ankle injury, but he was really bad in that game. <laughs> you know, like yeah. Brady just picked the defense apart, and if you watch the tape, the Bucks showed him no respect at all. You know, begging him to throw in the middle of the field and to the outside, and not fearing him at all as a passer. And once in a while, you know, I mean, NFL teams will tell you all you need to know about the player. And by disrespecting a quarterback to that degree and having it pay off in your favor and him still not beating you makes me maybe go back to the drawing board. But those three first round picks are the key here to the conversation in that originally I thought try to get two studs. They, they need receivers to me and they need defense everywhere. And Maybe that third first-round pick, you trade down so that you end up leaving the draft with two firsts next year. So you give Hertz a, a a nice opportunity with some more things around him, and you have a parachute with two first-round picks the year after in case he crashes and burns. You have still some resources to go get a draftable quarterback. And I still wouldn't be against that, but I also would say, let's say it's that 19th pick. And Matt Corral is there. And like, oh, I mean, I certainly wouldn't criticize them one bit for going corner wide receiver Corral, you know? 
that's or whoever that, the quarterback. right. No, that's the way it feels like it's going to go. If yeah. just do your evaluations, let the draft come to you. You're going to build. Uh, you're going to build the thing as well as you can. If the best player available at one of those spots is a quarterback, you can't say no to it. But you're not right. Good way of putting it. You're not going crazy, especially with this draft class, most likely, and evaluations still to be done on this quarterback class. And it's going to be fun to see a lot of these guys. Uh, hopefully, they all do show up and and compete in Mobile, Alabama, for the Senior Bowl. Um, that, that's the way. And Sirianni. And uh, the entire Eagles, um, <clears throat> you know, Howie Roseman and everybody, they're all behind Jalen Hurts. And, and they said after the season, he's our guy. So they said and, and that can obviously change very quickly. And, and a lot of sure. things are said by front offices and coaches and, and, and the, don't, don't end up happening. But they all put their support behind Jalen Hurts and, uh, and said he's going to be their quarterback in 2022. So that doesn't mean they can't draft a guy who probably won't play early in 2022 and becomes their uh, franchise quarterback in 2023, but it, it does feel like that's the way it's going to go. They're going to build around him, but you can't say no if the right quarterback falls to you. So that I just, you know, and so big game hunting at quarterback, probably not going to happen uh, as far as trades go um, in, uh, in the offseason for the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, and just in terms of team needs, I think the defense needs everything. They've ignored linebackers basically for my entire lifetime. Um, There's some pieces in place, but is Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham long-term answers? Probably not, and they're very offense and defensive line oriented in that front office, so it might not look like they have a D-line need, but they will always grab an extra one of those guys. Um, And again, on, on, on offense, one more receiver is needed. You know, with the Rager and um, what's-his-face from Stanford that they took in the second round who's non-existent. Those guys side, yeah. Are, yeah, they're not cutting it. You <laughs> well, know I mean? And they, that's really where, when I, when I look at Hurts and I watch that offense, I see Devontae Smith and think, man, this guy really needs a precision passing game. And I think it's a bad are, yeah. fit for the, the offense um, I, because I think he could go, bananas uh as a productive wide receiver in the nfl and he had a really good rookie season but i think there's a lot more there and i don't think jalen hurts is that precision type of passer that can get the most out of uh out of Devonte smith and that's a great point and and that's kind of where i would look at hurts and think man i would be trying to get an upgrade if i could but it's not yeah, that easy yeah. to get an upgrade that's kind of the problem in the nfl right because uh there's a lot of teams like that that have a Decent starting quarterback, and they maybe would like a better one, but it's 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 hard to find that guy. Even if you draft one, you don't know if you're going to get one there either. So that's sort of um, where you end up being that uh, that. Yeah, and I think we've seen that with uh, the Minnesota Vikings. We talked about how they've just been that mediocre, you know, kind of good yeah. team, and you're just stuck in the middle for so long. And I'm worried for the Eagles that that's where they're going to be with Hurts. Yeah, and he's such a see-it-and-throw-it, not-precise ball-placement guy, and Devontae Smith has a small catching radius. He's a little guy, but you know, to your point, could you imagine Smith playing with like Drew Brees in his prime? He'd catch 120 balls. Right, yeah, it'd, it'd be like Marvin Harrison to, uh, you know, yeah, I, I don't right, want to put right. that on him necessarily, but that style of player where, um, you know, he, he would really benefit from a precision passing game. Comes out of his breaks, the ball's right yes. there, boom, you know, right. Make big plays. Um, 
So that is the Philadelphia Eagles. Speaking of the Eagles, I want to go to Coach Lammers' question here. He says, please explain this to me like I'm five. And it was a response to an Adam Schefter report that the Texans requested permission to interview Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon for their head coach job. Gannon now has been requested to interview for three head coaching vacancies, Texans, Broncos, and Vikings. Uh, And um, that is a name that I don't know, and I don't know how well Jonathan Gannon is thought of around the NFL. I don't look at the Eagles defense and say, hey, you got to hire that guy. Uh, He's a pretty young guy, uh, I think 39 years old. Um, But to answer Coach's question here, I can't explain it to you because I don't know, but there's obvious there, there's obvious coaches in the league, assistants in the league that are well thought of that we just don't know about and we don't yeah. hear about, but it's talked about in league circles. And, you know, maybe these search firms are finding uh, these guys and, and talking to people. And, and, you know, apparently he's well thought of around the league, obviously, because uh, I don't know a thing about Jonathan Gannon and the Eagles defense doesn't scream to me that you need to be hiring uh, that player or that uh, coach as a head coach, but apparently some some teams and he's well thought of around the league. But uh, that's that's why it's so hard to comment on some of these assistants that are being interviewed because you just don't know don't know enough about them. Really hard for where we sit, and I, and I do my best, but I always caveat that by saying I've been fortunate enough to be inside the walls of buildings. That's when you really see assistant coaches, you know, thrive and how they're how valuable they are, or. How in not not valuable you are. I've seen some assistant coaches that I wouldn't hire to mow my lawn. Uh, I mean, <laughs> but <laughs> back to bringing the the podcast full circle. Harbaugh, Tomlin, you know, they weren't hot coaching candidates. I mean, it seems like a million years ago, but they were mid to late thirties. They're going to stay with their team ten plus years, probably end up in the Hall of Fame, and I think that's the model people look at are okay, maybe this Gannon guy doesn't have a ton of fanfare or a lot of pelts on the wall of great play calling and all those things, but he's super smart and could be a foundational piece for us for a long time. I could see that. Just in terms of their defense, it's not a talented group, and it's very D-line-centric, as we mentioned. But they began the season – Everyone talks about how much they changed on offense, but they changed on defense a lot too. They were like the zone heaviest team in the league for the first six weeks or so. Very vanilla coverages. You know, that's all they could do. Didn't trust their guys, but it developed throughout the year and got better and much more diverse and a lot more man concepts. So, you know, that's a, a good sign for him, but we, you and I talk about this a lot. Doesn't he seem like the guy that, you hear his name this year for the first time, and you're like, hmm, who's that? And then next year, he's actually a candidate. Yeah, and he gets his first interviews, and there's sort of a practice run of interviews for the real round yeah, of interviews yeah. that he gets next year. And if, you know, if there's some huge improvement in that uh, Eagles defense, then it's like, okay, now Jonathan Gannon is a well-known name. Now he's a hot commodity around the league. Now fans are excited about this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and or maybe everything I just said is total BS and he just has an awesome agent that's leaking things, you know, who knows? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you know I, mean? and, and I really, I really wonder what these search firms do. And to be honest with you, I think we need a so Peacock and Williamson PR coach, and, uh, coach searching firm. I think we can make a little cash on the side, Matt. Yes. Uh, it's, I mean, it's really like, uh, uh, uh getting a, senator and elected or a mayor or what you know i mean there's a lot of pr and yes. a lot of politics you know who you know 
Last one here, this one from Niner Nut. He said, after seeing Ballard's comments about Wentz, I am confident there's going to be a hot market for quarterbacks. Jimmy's price tag is rising as we speak. Um, mentions uh, Kirk Cousins. That could be uh, somebody who's huge on the trade market. Uh, and, and for those who don't remember, here were Chris Ballard's comments on Carson Wentz at the end of the season. He said, quote, at the time, we felt it was the right decision. I'm not going to make a comment on who is going to be here next year and who is not. That sounds very different than uh, the comments great. that the, the Eagles made about Jalen Hurts. That, that sounds like someone who's pretty bummed out about the return he's getting on that first-round pick for Carson Wentz. And I don't know. Here's my early, early prediction on Colts quarterback situation. I can't see Jimmy or Cousins or one of those guys going there because I think Wentz will be back. And my point with is just that I don't think you're going to have 55, 60 million tied up in your quarterback room. Right. But, <laughs> but I can almost promise you that somebody better than Sam Ellinger is going to be there as the two or fighting for the one. Is that Mariota or Trubisky? Maybe. Is it a first-round pick? Yeah, I think it's a first-round pick. Be. I think that's where yeah. the Colts have to go. They've been screwing around with this veteran quarterback thing for too long. Go get your future guy. Yep, yep. I, I, I hesitate to bring this up, too, but, man, I, I love just thinking about, what if Andrew Luck just stuck around? I mean, that guy hung it up, like, right before training camp, and they've been scrambling ever since. I really believe he'd be a top three or five quarterback right now. There hasn't been a move that hurt a team more than that that I can come up with lately. No. You know, unexpected. And how late in the offseason it came. Right. It was after the draft. I mean, everyone's prepping for camp, and, eh, I'm not coming back. If anything, I, I think the Wentz trade, the Sam Darnold trade, would be an argument for teams to not spend draft picks on those veteran quarterbacks, unless it's just a clear, clear guy. And and I think maybe it's it's... I think there was a lot of unknown with Wentz. There was a lot of volatility in high-level play and low-level play for him, whereas maybe mm -hmm. with guys like Garoppolo and Cousins, you, you know what you're going to get. So there's less volatility. More so than those two. Right, 100%. and especially with Sam Darnold, a ton of volatility there. And, and really, that was just an obviously terrible move by the Panthers in the offseason. But there could be an argument made that that's why you don't go trade a bunch for one of those veteran quarterbacks. Cause maybe you're not, maybe you're just, uh, and again, you're, you're just playing for the middle rather than trying to hit a home run and, and it'd be great. Yeah. Two, two things on that before we wrap this up is kind of like you said, I mean, we have some hindsight now, but when they, those two trades were made, Wentz and Darnold, you could at least talk yourself into, or, you know, I'm sure coaches and they have great hubris and think they're the best coaches in the world say, I still see high ceilings for Darnold and Wentz. If I turn him into the player he's capable of, this is going to be a home run trade. This guy's going to the Pro Bowl. Where I don't think you can look at Cousins and Jimmy that way. But they're also way safer. They're not going to hurt you. And yes. what was really interesting to me, and this applies to your Niners, is the prices that people paid for those two, I mean, Darnold was a two and a four. Wentz ended up being a one and a three. I mean, there might be a little spare change on both those, but they were massive unknowns coming off terrible seasons. So 
Yeah. Is Jimmy worth every bit that and more? I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, would, like, I mean, that's going to be the asking price. If you're the 49ers or you are the Vikings. Minnesota. Or, yeah, right. you're saying, okay, well, let's talk first-round picks. And the, the team might say, oh, no, let me call somebody else first because that's too much. Yeah, but Carr is going to be much worse, much heavier than that. Right. I mean, Carr might be close to Stafford. To, uh, to the listener's point, though, yeah, there's going to be a quarterback market and teams who are quarterback. When you don't have a quarterback, you get kind of desperate. And when you look at teams like the Saints and the Steelers, imagine if they mm-hmm. had just decent quarterback play, how much better they would be in the Panthers. So go right. get a quarterback if you don't have one, because uh, if you're a coach or a GM, your job depends on it. So the fans might not see those names like Cousins and Garoppolo and get super excited about it. But coaches want to keep their jobs. What's funny is we always rip back to our two teams is. I'm sure you and your fan base are sitting there listening to this conversation going, wow, maybe we'll get some pretty nice stuff for Jimmy. You know, maybe we <laughs> right. get a one in the three for him where we you know, might have thought a couple months ago that ah, get him off the books, get a third round pick, you know, whatever you get for him. Great. There might be teams fighting for that that guy, you know, Denver or you know, whoever, Washington. Right. And then I'm sitting here on the other side like, sure, I'd love to have Jimmy G or Kirk Cousins on my Steelers. But I'm not giving you a first and a third for those guys. I'll, I'll try. I'll draft the tackle. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know? Exactly. Uh, that's not. That's not for me. Yep. So uh, it'll be interesting. There will be a market for those quarterbacks. Where that market goes, uh, will be will be very fascinating. And yeah, uh, I mean, I would, I would right now if whatever. I think Darnold's youth maybe skewed things because he was such a high pick and he was still so young and it was like, yeah, bad, you know, Adam Gase, bad jets. Right. A lot of excuses. There was a lot of ways to explain it away, but my goodness, mm-hmm. how, you know, Sam Darnold is, is worth much less than Garoppolo and cousins. I don't care what the salaries are. Right. And one of them, I can't put on the field as a starter. The other ones I can. Right. Exactly. You win, you can you know? win with, with two of them and you, you can't with the other guy. Absolutely. So, I'm sure we should. We did this earlier, like halfway through the season. At some point, we should just go through and say, of the 32 teams, 17 of them, I'm pretty sure, have their quarterback. So, how many teams don't? You know what I mean? Right. Like exactly. Kansas and City I think those those now. teams that are quarterback shopping, I think we should have. Okay, what's their What's number one? What's number one option? Best case scenario at quarterback for this team? Then maybe, mm-hmm. okay, most likely, and then maybe a plan B, a backup option. I think for all those teams, that would be fun. So um, that's upcoming in the offseason. It'll be draft season as well here on Peacock and Williamson. But we've got a lot of playoff football to get to. Some guests as well from the network coming on the program. Thanks for making us your first listen every day for your second listen. Check out Matt on the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. Uh, you can find me doing Locked On 49ers daily here on the network. You can find Locked On Bets with your boy Q, an expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, free and on all of your favorite podcast platforms matt and i back tomorrow looking forward to that divisional round right here peacock and williamson